This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which airs live every Tuesday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Big Papa Smokers. Big Papa is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and everything that you need to make a world-class pit out of a 55-gallon drum. Visit them at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and pits as well. You can visit them at thebbqguru.com. And by Cookshack, a leader in pellet and electric style cookers. Visit them for specials online at cookshack.com or call them at 800-423-0698. And by Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago. You can get in contact with them at sucklebusters.com, like them on their Facebook fan page, Sucklebusters, or visit thetexasbbqforum.com. Check them out and see why Sucklebusters means busting with flavor. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler, the official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700. And by Butcher Barbecue, makers of injections, sauces, and rubs. Find them online at butcherbbq.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, a leader in the pellet grill market. You can find out more about their cookers by visiting greenmountaingrills.com. And by CookinPellets.com, a maker of high-quality pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit them at CookinPellets.com, or you can find them at Amazon.com as well. This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Central Show. Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump into the show tonight, more than happy to have you with the phone call, 216 220 0966. You can also email the show if you would care to. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up because it is it at is it is the second Tuesday of the month. Founder of AmazingRibs.com, Chicago's latest billionaire, Meathead Goldwyn, joining us on the show for the 9 o'clock, interview, uh, 9 o'clock hour interview segment. So looking forward 
for the 914 and 935 portions being filled by Meathead. And then we move to the second hour. Show favorite, Barbecue Maven, potentially Barbecue Darling of the community. Smoke in the Eye founder and phrase coiner of Ah, Sweet Blue. Clint Cantwell joining us on the show at 10.14. And then helping me close the show tonight, you just saw him on his own show, previous to this one between 7 and 9 on Outdoor Cooking Channel, host of Whiskey Bend Barbecue in the pit and pitmaster of Whiskey Bend Barbecue Competition Cooking Team, Chad Ward, to break down some Florida Barbecue Association cooks and teams and how things are going uh, probably approaching halfway through the FPA season at this point, and we will uh, talk to Chad about that. So there is your lineup again. If you want to get in touch with me tonight to talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about as it relates to the world of barbecue and grilling, the phone, 216-220-0966, the email address, greg at com. If you are watching or listening the show right now, do me one single favor as you take in the enjoyment of entertainment over the next 120 minutes. Send a Facebook post or make a Facebook post. Send a tweet, a group email to all contacts, letting them know the show is on the air. Maybe you have some friends that enjoy the robust entertainment and information that is passed along during the show each and every Tuesday, and you would like them to test it out themselves this evening. A couple different links to send them to the main website, of course, thebbqcentralshow.com, as it's listed right there in the lower third in the video side. You can also send them to the longtime video syndication partner of this show, outdoorcookingchannel.com, where you can get this live feed every Tuesday, as well as Chad's live feed every Tuesday from 7 to 9. And then if you have internet protocol television or IPTV, for instance, many of you might have Roku or something along those lines. Many of those have their individual app stores associated with the platform that you have. Go to the app store, search Outdoor Cooking Channel. If Outdoor Cooking Channel is available, please, I beg of you, download it. And then you have access to not only a host of archives of all the shows that Kevin Bevington from Outdoor Cooking Channel has on Outdoor Cooking Channel, but you also get the option of a live stream. So if you have Roku connected to your television, you can watch this show live in person every Tuesday from 9 to 11 from the comfort of your couch and big screen television. Yep. Rempy on the HD. Doesn't get any better than that. Also, you can subscribe to iTunes for audible replays of this show. That's the way that most people find and get and consume this show after the fact. YouTube, uh, Barbecue for You, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, the numeral for the letter U, after you type in YouTube.com slash Barbecue for You. Outdoor Cooking Channel, as we just mentioned, has all the video replays as well. Of course, the main website is a clearinghouse for any and all video and audio archives, so there's no reason you should ever miss anything on this show ever. Never, never, never. If there's a video or a interview or some crazy take or opinion that I've given and you've been hearing about it, did you see this? Did you hear what he said? No, I missed it. Never fear. Even if you join the show an hour later, you can always go back right around midnight the Audible archive is posted to any number of the podcast directories. And then some point later in the morning tomorrow, the video makes its way up on YouTube and the main website and eventually over at OutdoorCookingChannel.com. So 
always a way for you to get the show after the fact. But as I always say, not always, but mostly, if you've only gotten this show through archive, podcast, video cast, whatever you want to call it, and you've never seen the show live, however you can make plans six months from now, clear out the schedule, take in the show live, see the fun and frivolity that ensues between 9 and 11. I mean, certainly you're hearing the show recorded live, but taking it in live as it's happening is certainly a different monster. Plus, you can go to OutdoorCookingChannel.com and join in the family atmosphere that is on the instant chat room of those crazies. One of the things that we talk about here on this show on a fairly consistent basis, and it has proven itself time and time again, And yet, for all of the instances for whence I can prove what I am about to say, still the emails come in. How can you prove this quote-unquote show karma really is legitimate? You're just saying that. You cannot prove that this thing exists. I can't prove it? I can't prove it? I don't know about that. You want proof? Fine. I'll give you proof. How about if you remember, if you are a fan of the show, you remember last week, the second hour was all about the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. We talked with Doug Scheiding from Row Cookers who won the whole damn thing. And then maybe you remember some up-and-coming pitmaster ready to hit the competition circuit by the name of Darren Worth of Iowa Smokey D. Remember him? You might be hearing about this guy in the future. Well, all he did was come on the show at 10.35, recap his time in Houston, talking about the chicken that he made, the atmosphere, and the cooking environment that he was in. I ask him, hey, where are you cooking now? Oh, well, we're, there. we're in Houston now. We're probably going to push east and south and head on over to Pensacola. And After that, we might go back west and get into Arizona and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe I'm mistaken, but if one goes to the Kansas City Barbecue Society's website, which is kcbs.us, and you go to the results tab on the far left-hand corner, And then you go to that Pensacola, Florida barbecue event to get the results. You would see winning the whole damn thing on a 48 teams. Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's. That's right. We call it, we, I mean me, call it the show karma. You show up on this show on a Tuesday. You go and compete over that coming weekend, inevitably, without fail, and it never does not work. You just win. Ask Darren. You just win. Come on. All right, I got this email from David Shackett. Sorry if I mispronounce your name, David. Great show, Greg. I love your setup. I've been trying to get something set up for my product reviews, which is reviewdude.co, maybe com, but it says co. 
been going crazy trying to get software packs to do something like you have. Really looks professional. I know it's a personal thing. I fully understand if you don't want to share the name of the software package you are using. However, would you mind sharing? Would I mind sharing? Yeah, I'll share it with you. You want to know what it is? For purchase, not for me, but from the website, X Split. The letter X and Split, that's what I use, and I like it. Are there tweaks that could be made? Do I like LiveWire in concept much better? Yes. Would I go back to LiveWire? Maybe. I might. I got a hack on it. But for the money, XSplit is great. Allows me to do a lot of green screen. What you see behind me isn't really there. It's not, believe it or not. I know it looks like hardwood from Italy. But that's what I use, David. I use XSplit. If you have any other questions about my audio setup or compressors or earbuds or anything like that, just ask. I'm not here to hide anything. Remember, the magic is putting on a good show. It's not the equipment that I use, right? (laughs) That's right. Folks, let me talk to you about Cook Shack. Get it start. Get started for free with 2,000 pounds of free pellets when you purchase a Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack FEC 240 commercial smoker oven. Now through March 18th, you can choose the pellets of your choice to ship with your FEC 240 smoker order. Pellet varieties include hickory, oak, fruit, or mesquite. These food-grade pellets come in easy-to-store 20-pound bags. The customer incurs all shipping charges for the smoker and pellets. What's so special about this deal? Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack FEC 240 is the newest commercial pellet smoker from Cook Shack. It features 8 23-inch by 17-inch fixed shells for a capacity of 250 pounds of pork butt. Small footprint with large capacity will fit through a standard door. No gas lines to worry about. The pellet provides the fuel and the flavor. You get the IQ5 digital electronics controller it has smoke cook and hold cycles for maximum efficiency control and consistency we talked about that last week you can operate it 24 7 fill the pellet hopper once a shift use an offset firebox and convection heat for steady temperatures throughout the cooking cycle clean burning pellets are superior why glad you asked because they produce very little ash and like logs and charcoal ash is safe to handle you have low creosote buildup you can control the flavor profile no inconsistency of moisture or bark that you will find on logs if you're putting them in your gas powers. No names, please. Rule number one of the show. No gas flavor, no storage issues, and health department worries with pellets like you would have with logs and wood and other such revelry. The free 100 bags of pellets come on a pallet on this limited-time deal. They will not last. However, they will last you nearly two months if you run the unit 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Take advantage of this deal. Give the Cook Shack professional sales team a call, 800-423-0698. Don't wait. This offer valid for the first 15 customers to call and take advantage of this introductory offer. Check out Cook Shack's website at cookshack.com for more information on their pellets or the FEC 240. Again, offer only valid for the first 15 customers to call and take advantage, 800-423-0698. Tell me you want the FEC 240 and pellet promotion. You heard about it here on the Barbecue Central Show. We're back with Meathead right after this.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. They're not voiding any warranties. Don't fall for that malarkey. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase Cookin' Pellets products as well good folks over at cooking pellets all right my next guest joins me the second tuesday of every month you know him as the creator of amazingribs.com meathead goldwyn joining me here on the show meathead what's up buddy hey greg hello centralites how's the barbecue rock star tonight we are rocking and rolling in the rock and roll hall of fame city and uh, meathead you are uh, looks like part of the press corps tonight i am a member of the press corps card carrying here's my card yeah well i mean uh, in real life for many years you were uh, part of the press right i wrote for the chicago tribune and the washington post and i still consider myself the media the media always speaks of the media as if it's somebody else but it's us that's kind of an important topic that I wanted to actually talk about tonight, amongst other um, internet items. Maybe not so barbecue and grilling related, but it doesn't always have to be barbecue and grilling with us, Meathead, of course. Uh, we have opinions that we like to share, and of course we're right and everybody else is wrong. When, <laughs> when we talk about media, as you had mentioned, you, know, you consider yourself part of the media. Some people call me a journalist or uh, a reporter of sorts, which I don't necessarily fancy myself. Uh, anything of the sort, because I haven't earned a journalism degree. I don't know if I would necessarily consider myself part of the uh, what I would consider media, like uh, Channel 3 News or Channel 8 News or some of these people. And I guess to a large extent, you would also make an argument that the people that are reading you the news, the talking heads of uh, whether they be the national news or your local NBC, ABC, and Fox affiliates aren't necessarily journalists either. They're just news readers. So where is there, can there be, is there a line to where you draw people that are like me who just give opinions and can get a media credential versus somebody who is really a media or a journalist anymore? Boy, you cut right to the core of the argument. Right. Let's get right there. I know. I mean, we we had discussed in advance, and we're going to talk about the media and the barbecue media and other things. And we really didn't outline our topics tonight, but you've gotten right to the center of it. Because I think what's happened is, is the definition has changed drastically. Um, When you push copy all and send an email out to a couple hundred people, you're broadcasting. Um, I actually went to journalism school and wrote for major newspapers, so I, there's I no escaping it. I'm media. But I think you're media, too, because you're taking information and sharing it with a large audience. And whether you have had formal training or 
are part of a broadcast network or a newspaper or a magazine, you have, um, you're an opinion leader, I think is the term that the PR people call, um, even though you're wrong most of the time. What? <laughs> Wait a second. I wasn't expecting that. Well, maybe the, the better question is, so maybe I can accept that I'm part of the media. I guess where my line of delineation, like it used to be a, a delineation line for me between barbecue and grilling, which I've since subsided on. But uh, oh, me, have you now? Yes, of course. Uh, media and journalist seem to be yeah. divergent terms for me. I don't think that those can really be used interchangeably. Yeah, you know, there is a sort of honorific one applies to people who actually... I, I have a young man who works for me, went to the um, Cordon Blue School here in Chicago, graduated. I taught there for a while. Um, uh, he's worked in restaurants, managed restaurants, and he runs my test kitchen, Chef Ryan. Um, he's really talented, and I always refer to him as Chef. Now, he's half my age and much better looking. Hard to believe. But he, but he is chef because he's earned that title. I'm not a chef. Right. And I know Alton Brown is another one of, of, of who's a good cook, and I'm a good cook, who doesn't like to be called chef either. I somehow think that those honorifics, like journalist, come with the degree. Um, I suppose if you wanted to call me a journalist, since I actually have the degree, it, it fits. Um, I do. I think that's right. I think if you've earned the degree, whether it was 50 years ago or five years ago or whatever, time is irrelevant. You've put the time in. You've earned the degree. So henceforth, journalist or journalism should follow you around. Not for me, much like you're talking about with your uh, your chef. If he's went through culinary school and he's earned the certificates and whatever it is, you need to become a chef. And then, he's run a restaurant. Yeah, then he should be called chef. However, the fat slobs that take part in the oh. barbecue competition world that fancy themselves to be called chef, I think are wrong. They aren't chef. They're cooks, they're, they're pitmasters, whatever. But I think chef is a earned term. You wouldn't go around calling some you know, run-of-the-mill Joe captain or major. I mean, that's something that you earn in the military because you've put in the work and the effort. The, 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 the issue of journalists, though, I don't think you have to have a degree to practice journalism. Um, I, I, but I think there are, and this, again, goes right, boy, I mean, you're really leading us down a good path here. It goes right to the core of what you do and how you practice the art. Um, I mean, I actually took classes and I've practiced at interview. You're very good at interview, um, asking the right questions. Um, Studs Terkel, the great interview interviewer, uh, once said that uh, um, the question you ask the dog catcher is, how does it feel to be the meanest man in town? Um, there's technique to, and, and of course there's who, what, when, where, why, how. Um, there's how you structure a, a story when you're writing it. Um, and, you know, this also goes to the ethics of the issue. Giving proper credit where credit's due. Um, in the barbecue world, we often see bloggers um, who will write an article based heavily on work by others and never give credit. And, and, and that's just, aside from bad journalism, that's just impolite. 
And it also undermines your own credibility. If you're going to quote Dr. Blonder or Greg Rempe, say according to Greg Rempe, and it adds, I think, credibility to you. Um, but the whole concept of what's media, what's journalism, is really gotten turned upside down by the Internet. Uh, it's just really shaken up our definitions of everything. Because, you know, anyone with a keyboard is a blogger and therefore a, a, a broadcaster or a media of some sort. And if they want to call themselves a journalist, you don't need a license. I guess that was the, the second point that I was going to be making is with the proliferation of the Internet and the wide advances of technology over the last five years and ten years, uh, smartphones can do anything. They can record voice, they can record video, and all of a sudden you're videoing somebody getting beaten up on a bus or taking video of something happening in a school or a fire burning in a building, and uh, the news people will classify you as a video journalist or a picture journalist or something mm -hmm. like that. And meanwhile, you're just, you know, John Jamoke from East Cleveland, uh, and, and you work in the steel mill. I mean, you're, you're not a photojournalist or whatever, but uh, it, it seems like it has become so homogenized and that everybody can be thrown in to a journalism or a reporting gig in some degree that uh, the talent pool perhaps has become a bit diluted and perhaps harder to find who is legitimate and who isn't. Yeah, and you see, boy, again, you've gone right to the core. You're really on fire tonight. Cause I on think, fire. Fire. No pun intended. I, I think that the key here is, is we, the user, have to define it. I, I actually, I did my undergraduate journalism and my master's in art. And it always comes around to, you know, you get into this, what is art, what isn't art, and I don't want to get into it. But really the definition of what is art is determined by the by the artist. If he says it's art, how can you argue? I, I, we shouldn't go down that path. But, it, 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 you know, I'm Matthew Boger, I don't know how to pronounce Matthew's Boer. last name. Matthew Boger. Boer. Boer. He's, o Boer, he's yes. always in the um, chat room, and he's got media versus journalism, for me, is impartiality. Um, uh, yeah, it's an issue, but you know, you te they teach you that the first day of J school that you need to be impartial. And the fact is, it's imp it's impossible. It's impossible. Did the guy bound onto the stage with youthful energy, or attack the stage aggressively? Um, how do you interpret that which would you see in front of you? And you try to be impartial, but your viewpoint, whether you're a liberal or conservative or a charcoal guy or a stick burner or a, uh, you have preconceived notions and they inculcate everything you do. So being impartial, I think, is, is, is something that we, ha we have to just, we try to be, journalists should try to be impartial, but any journalist that says he's impartial doesn't know what it means. I'm going to tie this back right into barbecue here right now because what you said is a perfect example of why I will continue to not compete. Because in the judge's tent, for as impartial as they want to make it and for how they train you to not have any of your preconceived ideas of what good barbecue is or isn't, inevitably, if somebody opens up a box on chicken thighs and, A, you don't see chicken thighs because that's all you've ever heard about, you're going to be like, eh, 
Or worse yet, the barbecue sauce color is bright orange or pink. Uh-huh. That chicken is not going to do as good, no matter how hard you want to not get freaked out by it. It is so divergent and so against what you think you should be seeing in there. Your personal preferences and biases come into play, no matter how much you don't want to say it out loud, and nobody would. But you know, just like turning in a box without uh, garnish in a KCBS contest, you know, brilliant. you know, brilliant. you're not. It's a win. brilliant comparison because they tell you to be impartial, but how can you? First of all, you're judging it. You're voicing an opinion. My my pet peeve is they tell you, all right, you've got six, eight samples in front of you. Don't compare them. Taste them independent of each other. It's impossible. That's not the way the human mind works. You cannot escape human nature. You are subtly going to compare. And when you taste number six, you're going to be subconsciously asking yourself, before I give this a nine, is it better than number one? And frankly... I don't want you to be impartial. I want your opinion because a panel of eight judges who know barbecue, their opinion is going to be better and exemplify the opinion of the community at large. It's, going to, it's like sample research. If I go out and I ask eight people at, the, uh, 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 at a Republican convention for their opinion of the president, I'm going to get a set of opinions. I ask at a Democratic convention, I'm going to get a different set of opinions. It represents the, they're a sample group of a larger population, and judges are a sample group of a larger population. And if they like number three, chances are it's good. So tell me what you like and compare them, because when the day is over, we name a winner. Who's the best? So it is a competition. You have to compare. And the, uh, this, this idea of objectivity, whether it's a, a barbecue judging or in journalism, is, I think, a really mistaken concept. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show, AmazingRibs.com. John Dawson weighing in with an email. Greg, perhaps you've heard of a budding media broadcaster named Rush Limbaugh, who is a college dropper. Never heard of him. I get it. Um, so, I guess, Mita, let's uh, go back to the initial uh, portion of the, the thing here. Let's, you know, there's a lot of people, as you said, if you've got a keyboard, you can blog. And maybe there's a lot of people out there right now that are thinking that maybe they can bring some sort of new dynamic or satisfy some new niche within the industry and they want to get a blog going. You know, what, what is the right way to give credit or if you read somebody or listen to somebody's work and go, I want to, you know, quote unquote, cite that in what I'm doing uh, to build my case or to go against, you know, if, if everybody thinks I'm right and you want to have a convergent view or divergent view, uh, you want to use my words again. Me. What, what's the best way or the correct way to use somebody else's work, whether it be audio or a post or a recipe or something like that on your own site? Yeah, boy, that's a, that, that's a good question. There's um, a lot of thieves out there on the Internet, right? Yeah, yeah. Thieves. We know a few, don't we? Um, the, uh, the Internet is rich with them. <laughs> rich, you say? <laughs> thick, oh, I mean. Oh, dear, dear, dear. It's thick with we, I, I swore I wasn't going to get pulled down thick. that rat hole today. Nope, I don't know what you're um, talking about. Um, when you 
I, and I think it's just, um, aside from the good manners and um, uh, good, good journalism, when an authority makes a statement, quoting that authority shows that you're bringing in other sources of opinion, um, that you have an authoritative source out there um, to support your point of view. So I think it, it elevates your reporting if you just editorialize from top to bottom as if it's all your ideas. I mean, if you make a good, strong case, it works. But I just think it's, if you've, intellectual property is the, is the concept. And it, it has legal definition. But it should also have moral definition as a reporter. So if somebody puts together a really good concept or an argument or a, um, a, a recipe, it's just smart to say, I read this really good article um, uh, on um, John Dawson's website, and here's what he says about the comparison burn time of regular Kingsford versus Kingsford competition, rather than just say, because John did a really good side-by-side -side comparison right, right. of those two charcoals, rather than just saying um, uh, one burns longer than the other. Um, quote John Dawson, give, and also give him credit for the work he's done. Same thing with pictures and, and things of this nature. It's all property oh, wow. to some degree, or is that going to a whole different uh, yeah, world? Yeah, boy. You know, it, it, there's a lot of um, folk who just um, really don't understand intellectual property, and they think that if it's out there on the Internet, it's free. Um, frankly, anything that's on my white website, you're, you're welcome to quote. Um, you're welcome to use bits and pieces of it. I don't want you copying a whole article because I'm trying to support four people um, and I need people to come to my site. But all you got to do is say, hey, I read your article on pastrami. It's really cool. I'd like to run, a, uh, run it on my website. And my answer usually is do a condensation or you know, cut it down a bit and then tell people for the full article, come to my site. No charge. Have, help yourself. Give me proper credit. Um, and uh, send them to my website because those eyeballs generate revenue from advertising. So simple enough. Let's say that I wanted to. I was writing this pastrami article that we're talking about, and I said, "Hey, I was over at AmazingRibs.com. I saw Meathead's pastrami recipe, which you can find here." And then the word here is hyperlinked, and it redirects yeah. back to your specific article. Uh, is that something that I need to ask you for, or can I just hyperlink right back to it? And since it goes to you, uh, everybody's satisfied. You know, that, that is not well defined, but I think common courtesy um, suggests that you request. But in general, everybody who's running a website trying to make a living or make money at it wants traffic. So that's good. That's good for the business is to have somebody link to you because Google looks at that. A lot of people link to your website that makes Google think more highly of you and Google means traffic, traffic means revenue. Um, so, but, and the other, and the flip side is, is it usually makes, if say, you know, if, if, if somebody were to contact me and it happens all the time, all the time, say, can I use your recipe? Uh, and I'll tell them, use a condensed version, link back to me, no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted, and I go look at his website, and I say, hey, this is a pretty decent website. I'll link back. It's reciprocal. So it has benefits in both directions.
what we don't want to do or, or what is really wrong is to go through, copy the whole article that you have, copy and literally copy and paste it, and then pass it off as your own without saying anything about you or me or whoever else actually did the time, the effort, the blood, sweat, and tears, and then pass it off as your own. That happens a lot, and there, it happens a lot, particularly on these giant recipe websites. And, you know, this goes to another issue here where it becomes the reader to have a well-tuned BS meter and dial it up in sensitivity to high. Um, you really, you know, these recipe websites where their recipes are contributed by anybody um, are a recipe for disaster. Um, uh, you are... You may get a great recipe, but you may also get a recipe developed by somebody or copied off of a 3 by 5 card that is ambiguous. It's, it, it, it's going to fail because the detail is left out. Now, I make mistakes in my recipes, and thank God my readers catch me occasionally when I do, but um, I write recipes for a living, and I work hard at it, and I got a test kitchen chef, a Cordon Blue Train chef, who tests all my recipes, um, corrects them, and so there's a low likelihood a recipe from my website is going to fail you. Um, a lot of these big, and I'm not just speaking of barbecue recipes. I'm talking about these big mass, we got bazillion recipes. They're coming out of three by five cards. Um, and, um, uh, you know, a, a years ago, I think I told this story a while ago. I'll tell it in the short version. Um, when um, a Gourmet Magazine folded, uh, Christopher Kimball at uh, um, uh, Cooks Illustrated uh, and I were both being interviewed about um, did the internet kill uh, Gourmet Magazine? And uh, Christopher said, well, just, you know, go look up um, uh, broccoli casserole and uh, I'll bet you the first one you try fails. And so I did. I went and looked it up and the first one I found was a recipe for food poisoning. It didn't have a proper <laughs> cook time for the chicken. They put chicken in it, and it was like a 20-minute cook. Uh, it, it, there was just no way this chicken was going to be done and safe at the same time. So there's that whole business of ethics, uh, of, of safety and uh, uh, quality. So it's really, I think, up to the reader, not just for food, um, but for news, I mean, I get news, I get people sending me emails all the time about public figures um, who have done the most awful, scandalous things, and they're bogus. They're all bogus. There's this wonderful website called Snopes.com, and everybody ought to know that site and bookmark that site. And whenever you get an email that says that sort of thing, the first thing you want to do is you want to look for quotes. Who is being quoted? Who actually said this? Look for a date. If it doesn't have a date in there um, uh, uh, that says that this occurred on such a date, or uh, it has to have the basic elements of journalism. Who, what, when, where, why, how. That's what you're taught first day of J school. Who said it? Who did it? What happened? Where did it happen? When did it happen? Why? And links to the sources. And half of these things are just absolutely devoid of any supporting evidence. And then if you go to Snopes.com, you find out, in fact, it's a lie. It's false. Um, we just have to be alert out there because, I mean, in the old days, now I'm an old man. I came up through the old, and that's why, you know, 
some of your people may not get. You know, in the in the in the 30s oh, and yeah. 40s, newspaper men wore a hat that said, and they had their press credentials in the hat, so they could get in and cover the murder scene and such. Um, uh, in the old days, we had a wall. I, I was trained this way between editorial and advertising. Um, writers and editors never talk to an advertiser. Never. Absolutely. Under no circumstances. Advertising was handled strictly by the advertising department. But on websites nowadays, the editors, the writers are constantly out there working deals. Now, in your case, you're like a Lowell Thomas. Uh, Lowell Thomas and all the old radio broadcasters always did what you did. They talked, they had the interviews, they had the news, and then they put on their commercial voice and they read the ad and read the commercial and everybody always knew where one left off and the other started in the newspaper you can see where the ads leave off and the editorial starts but on a website you often get sponsored ads um, uh, or sponsored articles recipes on websites that were supplied by Smithfield or uh, um, somebody else written and people just run it and say here's a really great recipe for pork and they don't give the proper credit. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. All right, Meathead, we're going to go ahead and duck off real quick. I'm going to do exactly what you just said two seconds ago. I'm going to put on my advertiser voice, and I'm going to talk to you quickly about Suckle Busters. That's right, folks. Award-winning barbecue rub sauces, chili kits, Texas gunpowder. Suckle Busters products preferred by competition barbecue cooks, 100% Texas-based, made in the USA. Introduced first products Right here to the show over seven years ago, they won hundreds of industry awards, including two first place, two years in a row at the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest. Used by backyarders like me, competition barbecue cooks like you across the country. How about some top-selling products? You got it. Original barbecue sauce, the original, literally hundreds of industry awards. Honey barbecue sauce uses a finishing glaze by competition cooks. Hog Waller, number one seller, rub, perfect on competition pork and ribs. You got the competition rub. It's a traditional style, very mild and savory, excellent on beef. The Clucker Duster Barbecue Rub, Sweet Heat Chipotle Chicken Barbecue Rub. How about new products for 2015? Wild Fang Wild Game Rub. It's got black pepper base. It's awesome on ribs as well. Try that out. The SPG Rub, a premium blend of salt, pepper, and garlic. The Bam Habanero Barbecue Rub, super hot, super sweet. So you might be asking yourself, where can I get these Suckle Busters products? How about at over four, uh, 300 retailers nationwide? Check your local barbecue shop, retail locator on the Suckle Busters website. Order online at sucklebusters.com. You can try Amazon.com as well. You can call them, 972-393-9509. That's 972-393-9509. Or you can email them, sales, plural, sales at sucklebusters.com. Check out their Facebook fan page at Sucklebusters or... Last but not least, their own barbecue message board, the Texas BBQ Forum.com. Don't forget to stick the in the beginning, the Texas BBQ Forum.com. Check them out and see why Sucklebusters means busting with flavor. And thanks again to Dan Arnold earlier in the week, sent me a bottle of the newly branded uh, Honey Glaze. So very excited to try that out. Uh, we're back with more Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the 
smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show, going over a little bit of internet ethics and if you're looking to start a blog things that you want to do if you're going to be uh, looking to take somebody else's stuff not maliciously per se but uh, doing it the right way we don't want anybody to to get in trouble so i guess here's the thing i mean you got the most popular barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth and uh, are you someone who like do you put low jack on your posts and you see when somebody might be hijacking it do you get words back from people going hey so and so just took this and i knew you did it first or like how do you find out a primarily and then b what do you do to uh, rectify the situation um there's actually some websites out there that you can go to and put in a url a web page address and it will search the internet to see if there's um, copying, uh, plagiarism. Uh, college professors use it all this time, all the time when they're studying and grading uh, term papers. Uh, you know, it helps you catch the student who's just lifting from Wikipedia or um, somebody else's source. Um, and it, it's pretty good. I've used it a couple of times for like an hour, and then I just threw up my hands and went away. I, and I, I wrote them a note, and I, I just said, "Hey." Uh, you know, what happens a lot is they lift my photographs, uh, barbecue restaurants in particular, lift my photographs. You know, here's a really good looking piece of ribs. Let's put this on our menu or let's put it on our website. And it can also, it's amazing. It actually can match photographs. Uh, I, I just don't bother anymore. You know, I, I, I go forward in life, not backward. Um, um, I, it's, it's, it doesn't hurt me. Is it something that could consume you day in and day out if, oh, if you God, let it? Yeah, yeah. Really? I mean, chasing enemies is a is a bad way to spend your life. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, I don't worry about it. You know, you know, th- there's another area of of this ethic question that we need to touch on, um, and that is um, uh, uh, product endorsements. Um, uh, a lot of blogs and websites. Um, recommend products. We do. Um, uh, there's um, potential for conflict of interest. Um, recommend our product. We'll buy an ad on your website. Uh, uh, if somebody sends you a free sample of, you know, I just got a bag of charcoal in the mail today. Okay, okay. Hold on a second. Meathead, there is a conspiracy afoot. Because I got a bag of charcoal, Kingsford charcoal, today in the mail. Yes, and I don't know who sent it. It doesn't say there. Let me say this for the both of us. What the fuck is going on with Kingsford charcoal being sent to us randomly? No return address. No note. I didn't even open it because I was afraid there might be body parts. I just burned the bag in the backyard like we do in East Cleveland. I opened the box and looked in, and and it looks to be regular old Kingsford blue bag. Yeah. It's, it, I, mean, it's, I know Kingsford has a couple of new charcoals on the market, and if they wanted to send me one of those, I'd love to get my hands on it and try it because uh, I haven't seen them on the shelves yet. Um, that wasn't it. It was just regular blue bag. Mine had a steak on front bag of it. Regular with a new label. Yeah, like a steak. And, and it's unlabeled, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, 
if I open it and there's white powder in there, uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody out there is out to get me. Yeah. You know? Well, that, now that <laughs> is bizarre. I, I wonder, you know where my mind is going now that we're talking about things that we're not mentioning <laughs> in particular. Watch out, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, I wonder if John Dawson and Clint Cantwell <laughs> and Robin Lindars might have uh, gotten yeah. bags of charcoal as well. Uh, so that's bizarre, right? I mean, no, yeah. no, no, I mean, no, nothing, just a bag of charcoal. At blue bag. Yeah, well, I mean. Old Kingsford blue bag. The um, worst. I, I, I mean, that that's bizarre. Uh, uh, <laughs> but all right, but let's just say, you know, let's say it did say, this is compliments of Kingsford. It's our new brand of charcoal. We'd like to try you to try it. What is it, a $10 gift maybe i'm not gonna fight about it i'm gonna try it and uh uh, but what if they send what if somebody sends me a three thousand dollar pellet grill um uh do i have an obligation i mean should i not accept it should i not test it we actually have a written policy max good who does all our grill testing has a written policy and before anyone is allowed to ship us a grill or anything of that sort he sends him the written policy tells him what our process is how we review, and when he's done, he'll notify them. And if they want to pick it up, they can pick it up. And if they don't, um, well, all the fire departments in my neighborhood have nice new grills and smokers because <laughs> of the. the uh, I give most of them away. First of all, I don't have room on my deck. Yeah. Uh, uh, but um, you know, it, it, so it's an issue. I mean, what if um, a grill manufacturer sends a blogger an expensive gift, not just a bag of charcoal? Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I th- so here's what I think. I think that you are, if you're a manufacturer and yeah. maybe you have a line or you have a thought that whoever you're contacting has a propensity to be a shill and w- really takes in the free stuff and you know because maybe you've done some research on this person's website and you see out of all the product reviews that they've gotten and all the free stuff, they, never once has there been a panning of a product, a sauce, yeah. a fuel, a grill, or whatever. It's all roses no matter what, and you got to go out and get one. Uh, where to me, and I've had, I've had this exact experience. I've had people say, hey, we're sending you this grill, this Bubba Keg when it was, you know, back when they were coming out uh, five, six uh-huh. years ago. And I've had uh, the makers of the Grilla Pellet Gill. Uh, you know, it's probably eighteen hundred bucks. I mean, it's a fairly s- decent priced thing if you're going to go out and buy it. Um, I've had, I mean, they're a sponsor of the show, but Green Mountain Grills has sent me, you know, their big uh, pellet grill. I think the thing that they know from me, and I've said it when I review sauces and rubs here on the show, uh, if I don't like it, you have to understand that. My palate, if it's sauce or rub or food or whatever, is my palate. And if I don't like it, I'm going to say I don't like it. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't go out and try it and evaluate your own, but I'm going to tell you where my biases or where my likes are up front, and then you take my review for how you like it. Likewise, if you send me a grill, I'm going to tell you. It works really good. It looks good, but after six months, it started to rust here, or it's kind of built kind of crappy. So if you're looking for something a little bit more robust, Look at this line instead. I mean, I'm appreciative of the fact that I don't have to pay for it. But if it's a piece of crap, I'm going to call it a piece of crap, whether you like it or not. And I think that's where um, the manufacturer should understand who they're looking to potentially partner with. And uh, some of that onus has to fall on the manufacturer. You can't just align with somebody that's going to kiss your ass because in the end, uh, who can you respect that does that all the time? Well, 
damn fool if he ever sends you a barbecue sauce with with, with liquid smoke in it. Right. Because anybody who's ever listened to the show knows oh. you're going down the, the That's kitchen right. sink. <laughs> you're already behind the eight <laughs> ball. On, on the other hand, um, uh, you know, this is where it's up to the reader. And um, used to be you could trust Walter Cronkite. You could trust the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Associated Press. You could trust the major media. But now all these lines are being crossed. You don't know what's being paid for and who's being influenced. And so the reader really has to, we watch you. We know you. We know you're going to call a spade a spade. Um, I hope people feel similarly about what we do on our site. Um, but um, your point about the website where everything is wonderful and everything is great, and oh, by the way, there's a big full-page ad over here, um, you want to be <laughs> a little concerned about that. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. His website, of course, AmazingRibs.com. Uh, Meathead, we talked a lot last time about the pastrami and the corned beef and stuff, obviously. Yeah. St. Patty's Day coming up sooner yeah, yeah. than later. Uh, were, were there any other like items that we didn't get to that don't take a lot of time to prepare, like you know the actual meat part that um, we want to hit on before we're done tonight? Well, I mean... I just think boiling corned beef is is a bit ba- beef deserves fire and smoke. And so if you take a corned beef, whether you make it yourself, and usually if you make it yourself, you can make it better than store-bought. But if you've got a butcher who make, who has a, a quality brand and you know a quality brand, it's pretty easy. I have a really good pastrami rub recipe to slather it on and put it on your smoker and you got pastrami. There are a couple of other steps that you can take in there to move it along and make it better. Uh, I like to debrine it just a little bit, and I also like to steam it when I'm done. Uh, but uh, God Almighty, I don't think there's any better sandwich in the world than a Reuben made with pastrami. Uh, and I, you know, that, that'll be what I'm eating on St. Patrick's Day, and I won't be drinking green beer. Um, uh, hey, um, you know, th- this raises uh, as long as we're we veering off topic. Those yeah. guys are in the. Uh, in the chat room, um, I'm lo- I'm doing some writing about leftover pulled pork, and if you've got some really fun things that you like to do with leftover pulled pork, you know, make carnitas or uh, stuff, uh, you know, loaded uh, 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 potato yeah. skins or something, uh, let me know either in the uh, the, the, the um, chat room or via email or other. I'd be curious to hear what you like to do with pulled pork. All right, I'm going to tell you what I do with pulled pork. It's called heart attack potato. Ooh. All right, ready? So you go to the, uh, wherever you can get, but you get the real big baking potatoes. Yeah. Not the little, you know, 10-pound bag and it's 50 in there, but real big baking potato. And you cook that through so it's nice and cuttable. Cut it down the middle, spread it apart. Little layer of sour cream, little layer of cheese, little layer of your favorite barbecue sauce, and then a real big heavy handful of pulled pork right over the top of that. Mm. Then a little more barbecue sauce, maybe a little bit more cheese or sour cream, <laughs> and boom, you got heart attack potato ready to go. It's absolutely fake. I love it. you been reading the media? You can't call it heart attack anymore because we now know that dietary cholesterol doesn't necessarily, it can, but doesn't necessarily translate into blood cholesterol. And okay. so... Um, you can eat eggs again, and you can probably eat pulled pork again. Mm-hmm. I, so this whole heart attack uh, stuff, uh, don't get. That's another topic, and I, I would love to talk about sometime. Is how we need to putting our BS meter on um, articles about 
health and science. Um, and uh, here's a good one. Any blog that says this is a really healthy recipe on half the recipes, um, <laughs> just run. Just run because the blogger has no idea. The dietitians have no idea. We all remember when margarine was good and butter was bad and uh, eggs were bad and, and coffee was bad. And it all flips around. And I'll, I'll, there's, there's reasons why dietary science is not the same as chemistry and physics and other sciences and, uh, you, and how to interpret causation um, a correlation is not causation, and and the best example of that is is there's really good research that shows the more TV you watch, the more overweight you are, and so <laughs> one cannot help but come to the conclusion that there's something about the radiation coming from the television that causes you to gain weight. Really? Well, I mean that's a not logical conclusion. Watching TV, obesity. Cause, uh, correlation, right there. Uh, so we see all these correlations in dietary science reporting, but are they really causations? Can we chalk up my going blind to something, Meathead? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Meathead yeah, Goldwyn joining us here on the show. Did you did you notice how uh, this term, and I'll catch hell for it, I'm sure, by the, the PCs, but the term... Uh, uh, Autistic is pervasive anymore. It covers a gamut of uh, everything. You know, nobody's retarded anymore. Nobody's developmentally disabled. Everybody is autistic in some form or fashion. Uh, and it's just like new terms painting broad swaths. And I don't understand why we can't have a little bit more segmented stuff. I mean, you know, we're not talking about racism and and people and stuff like this. We were talking about conditions of uh, of mental ineptitude. Well, there's, I guess, this whole the autistic spectrum now is so broad that it includes anybody with attention deficit, or I don't know the, the details, but it it's I've heard people who I think are perfectly normal say that they're on the autistic spectrum, and I know people who are profoundly autistic, and I don't see any correlation guess what i'm autistic good news it's tough it's a tough uh, it's a tough thing i want to use the re- the r word <laughs> and, and i can't you're uh, just r that's right i am uh i am uh rambunctious you're absolutely rambunctious, correct uh, meathead goldwyn joining me here on the show amazingribs.com you find him here uh, every second tuesday of the month meathead as always the pleasure was mine and we will talk to you again next month I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we'll get back to talking about food. We will absolutely do it. There is Meathead Goldwyn, ladies and gentlemen, from AmazingRibs.com. And we are getting ready to wrap up the first hour. All right, uh, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Stephen DeFranco, Stephen DeFranco's Jewelers. Many holidays coming up, Memorial Day's coming up, St. Patrick's Day. Get a watch, get a piece of jewelry. Maybe you screwed the pooch as it were on a number of the holidays that have just passed it were big christmas hanukkah valentine's day sweetest day things of this nature maybe you messed up don't mess up anymore go to stephen defranco's website stephendefranco.com and call his phone number 440-943-2700 that's 440-943-2700 tell me your barbecue brother or sister tell me you listen to the show each and every week 
and you have found something specifically that you wanted to inquire about, let him ask you a bunch of questions and make sure he's putting you in that right watch with that right wing uh, ring with that right set of earrings, the necklaces, the artisan wood bowls. I mean, you name it. It's not just a jewelry store, but they're actually a jeweler as well. So if you have an idea that you want to bring to life, they can actually sit down with their bench jewelers, craft something that's going to meet that particular expectation. Again, uh, the number 440-943-2700 or go to stephendefranco.com. As always, especially with the watches, you get the exclusive watch performance package for free. It includes a one-year extension to manufacturer's warranty, free engraving, free watch batteries for life, and free polishing cloth, all at no charge, and the shipping's free as well. 440-943-2700, stephendefranco.com. We are back right after this to wrap up the first hour. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn for joining me during the past hour. Again, his website, amazingribs.com. If you are currently underneath the rock and you've never heard of it, check it out. It's only the biggest, most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth. Lots of great recipes, insight, testings of grills and cookers and thermometers and huge databases and all this stuff. You can find one article written by me on there about competition chick. I wish I had more time to actually do more of that. Uh, we will come back with a second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Uh, Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 50 for wieners. Oh listen, Laverne, it's chicken feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, you have found the Barbecue Central Show, the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday, 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your two bits of contact information. 
If you missed the first hour, you missed two segments of robust trade talk with Meathead Goldwyn and myself talking about blogging and ethics and how to use somebody else's work on your own website the right way. What you can do if somebody else has lifted your work to make sure that you are given proper credit. I know, hard to believe that it's happening out there on the World Wide Web's. It happens quite a bit. I've been a victim. Many people have been a victim that bother to put in the actual time and effort to build a uh, accredited and revered website covering the industry. It doesn't have to be this industry, although there do seem to be a few that are very interested in uh, cutting the corners and making themselves look a lot better by uh, stealing other people's work, and hopefully they can pass it off as their own. So uh, go back and get the archives again if you miss the show. You can always get replays on iTunes, subscribe to the show. You can go to my YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash barbecue for you, which is B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, the numeral four and the letter U. Outdoor Cooking Channel has all the video archives. Uh, the main website has all the video archives, all that stuff. Good, good stuff. All right, uh, folks, maybe you didn't know that the 2015 Sam's Club series rolled into Shreveport, Louisiana this past weekend. Uh, this was a local qualifier sending the top six teams to the regional final that will take place in Midwest City, Oklahoma on September 26th. Those teams moving on, winning this particular local, Fire Dancer Barbecue with a 687, almost a 688. Indian Territory Smoke is your reserve. Sizzle Bones Barbecue, sorry, Sizzlin' Bones Barbecue is third. Smokin' in the Dark, fourth. Epic Barbecue Crew, fifth. And rounding out the top six and one of my favorite softball teams ever, the Outlaws! We're looking at about ten points, ten and a half points between... First place and sixth place to get into the regional final. And don't forget, when you get into the regional top ten, move on to the final that will take place in Bentonville, Arkansas. The next Sam's Club event will be this coming weekend, March 14th, in Fort Worth, Texas. Good luck to all those competing in the Lone Star State this coming weekend. Uh, that one also a local qualifier that feeds the Midwest City, Oklahoma Regional final, again, that takes place on September 26th. KCBS Team of the Year standings. Uh, a few shakeups here and there. Still sitting atop the KCBS leaderboard for Team of the Year right now as we are in the middle of March. Jack's Old South. Hickory Prime is in second. Current KCBS Team of the Year. Warren County Pork Choppers, third place. Q and Stew and Brew in fourth. And fifth place, Cereal Grillers. FBA Team of the Year. Hot Wachulas, Matt Barber, uh, Sweet Smoke Q, Jim Elser, Blitz Creek Barbecue, Big Papa Country Kitchen, and Cedar Creek Barbecue. Assuming that's anywhere near updated. I'm just telling you what the new Florida Barbecue Association website has listed as their top five. If it's not current, yell at somebody else. I'm just giving you the information I'm getting from websites. And I'm giving proper credit, by the way, so get off my back, Meathead. One of the things that I wanted to mention... In the open, after I was talking about karma living and the show karma's real and asked Darren Worth, all that being said and how good Darren Worth was on the show last week and then winning grand champion at the contest in Pensacola, who's the hotter cook right now? Is it Darren Worth and Iowa Smokey D's? Or 
may I present to you one Matt Barber Hot Wachulas who notched another Grand Championship this past weekend, making four GCs in his last five events. What? Wow. Stacking them up head-to-head. Is Darren better? Is Matt better? Who was on a more prolific streak at the moment? Is four out of five a better than uh, what Darren has been able to accomplish so far? Uh, Darren took reserve grand in Houston Livestock and Rodeo this past weekend. Uh, He's won some other events this year. But Matt Barber is really putting it on the folks down in the Florida Barbecue Association. Plus, he is also able to transition when it allows contest and sanctioning body-wise to switch over to the Kansas City Barbecue Society side of things and winning there as well. And for me... Uh, I'm not going to put myself out there yet, but it's always impressive to me to see a team who is well-steeped in the winning ways of one sanctioning body be able to transition over to the uh, KCBS, in this case, and win there as well. Uh, That's why I've long maintained that, at least over the last 10, 15 years, the most prolific pitmaster, in my estimation, is Myron Mixon, not only because he has won uh, numerous uh, MBN Team of the Years and uh, Memphis and May contests, which are divergent from MBN. But he has also won uh, in Florida Barbecue Association. He's also won contests in KCBS. He did uh, just uh, a week ago, winning a Sam's Club local, so notching another one. So to me, that's you know way more impressive than certainly one team dominating in a sanctioning body uh, year and year and year in, uh, year out, year in, year out is impressive. But to be able to go to different sanctioning bodies and have a level of success that you have across them all, to me, is consistent, uh, which earns, in my opinion, a, a great pitmaster title. I am not a great pitmaster, by the way. Point of note. So Matt Barber uh, having a great year and Darren Worth already having a great year, and we'll see how those guys cook through the rest of the season, FBA season, a little bit different than Kansas City Barbecue Society and how it relates to fiscal, uh, well, not fiscal year, but calendar years. KCBS files a calendar year. Uh, FBA different. We're about halfway into the Florida Barbecue Association team of the year race right now. A huge topic over the past week, I talked about it right around this time last week, was the flag incident at the Daphne, Alabama Sam's Club local contest and... I read, as it was reported in Fox News, the events, and then I went on a mission to explore websites and get opinions and hear people's feedback, and I want to give unsolicited and uh, my biased opinion on a lot of stuff, and I read a lot of stuff from a lot of different forums and websites and blogs who were really, really putting it on a guest of this show and and somewhat fair frequency, Michael McDiarmid, who was the Sam's Club director, um, saying that he is un-American, saying that he was being an over-officious director of the Sam's Club series and making people take down the American flag and we have the right to fly this and 
people have died for the right to fly this. And look, I think, uh, A, absolutely. There is no question that people have put their lives on the line to fly the American flag however, whenever you want, right? But I don't think we can draw a line between that and Michael McDiarmid, who has legitimately made his living within the barbecue industry over the last handful of years and worked very hard to attain the level of success that he has had and draw any line of correlation to him being any kind of un-American. Are you kidding me? Get that big step out of here. I mean, come on. If he misreads a rule or he is interpreting a rule and is trying to enforce something that he thinks is right, how is that wrong? If that is his responsibility to make sure that if it's a local thing or if it's a Sam's thing or whatever, that's got to be part of his job is to enforce a rule. It has nothing to do with him not being a good American or being un-American or being anti-American or anything like that. And once the rule was redefined or re-understood or whatever, and people want to phrase it and, and position it as some type of a backpedal, it was rectified. Fly the flags, his mistake, their mistake, somebody's mistake. A mistake was made, and hours later, flags were able to rise up and continue to fly which is fine. I mean, heaven forbid anybody make a mistake, right? Especially if it has to do with the flag or something patriotic or 9-11 or anything like that. You can't do that. No, no. I don't think for one second there was any anti-American sentiment on Michael McDiarmid's part. I don't think that he was trying to be a malicious un-American by somehow flexing any power that he had being the Sam's Club barbecue event director, making people take down American flags. I mean, (laughs) I think I can go out on a limb and say he's a very proud American. He wasn't doing anything un-American maliciously. And to, again, draw the lines of correlation there is a reach and a big reach at that. So I'm not going to ask Michael to come on the show and and give his side of the story because I feel 100% confident that he did it because he thought it was right. And that's it. He thought he had to enforce a rule, and that was it. Nothing else behind it. Once it was rectified, it 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 was just that. It was rectified. So I'm sure we can move on at this point from flag gate, whatever you want to call it, but... People always willing to jump it. Meathead's right. Questioning another person's patriotism. Un-American on its own right, for crying out loud. You're right. Clint Cantwell coming up out of the break. Folks, if you didn't know, Big Papa Smoker's the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. The number one dealer of Mac Pella grills in the world, Big Papa Smoker's features a wide selection of American-made grills, smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs 
have had a hand in winning almost every major competition barbecue event, including the 2012 and 13 American Royal, the 2012 and 14 Jack Daniels, 2013 Kingsford Challenge, 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, and the 2014 King of the Smoke. Don't think BPS can just be pigeonholed in competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain. That's right, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House has four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu. And amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa's has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based barbecue rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue, begun to redefine the flavor profile that competition cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. The BPS website also features an online meat locker. Top quality meats from Snake River Farm shipped right to your door. From the American Kobe beef to the caribou to pork, and Double R Ranch meats, Big Papa's Meat Locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. And they're committed to bringing you the best flavors on the market and the new flavors on the market. How about this Swamp Boy sauce, a fine swine sauce, and Granny's barbecue sauce. These new sauces considered to be the new kids on the block this season. Big Papa Smokers has them. Also, Big Papa created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition cooks in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papa's has done this within only five years of being in business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, and becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning. For Big Papa Smokers, the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, we're back with Clint Cantwell from Smoking to Eye right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your two bits of contact information if you want to. Jump in on the show tonight. Joining me now, he is the creator of Smoke and Eye. You can find him helping fledgling brands like Kingsford get up off the ground, and you see him here on this show every once in a while. Friend of the show, Clint Cantwell, joining us. Clint, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Randy? Doing absolutely fabulous, Clint. Appreciate you asking. A uh, number of things to get into tonight, Clint, I guess, uh, before we uh, talk about some of the uh, outline stuff that we're going to be hitting on this evening. Uh, you, uh, as well, are a uh, revered online blogger. You've seen a lot of success uh, with the, your website, Smoking to Eye. I was talking with Meathead last hour about a lot of uh, people getting into blogging. Uh, there's, of course the unsavory types on the internet that want to cut corners and lift stuff. Um, f- from your aspect and from your angle, uh, you know, do you actively go out and, and try and find 
people that are lifting your stuff? Uh, do people report back to you? And, and how do you handle that situation when you see it? Oh, man, I don't know if my stuff is as good as meatheads. I don't know that a lot of folks are out there ripping it off. But, yeah, I, I mean, if I find it, I go after them. I'm not a soft-spoken man, and I'm not afraid to ruffle feathers. So, you know, it's if it's out there, I'm coming for you. So, And I also don't like it when I come across stuff that's obviously not original. I'm going to bring that to people's attention and, you know, raise a flag and, and try to get some correctness going out there in the blogosphere. Speaking of flag, Clint, I was just giving my own uh, personal testimony on the events that unfolded at the Daphne, Alabama event of uh, Sam's Club Local with Flaggate 2015. Uh, yeah. were, were you surprised at the amount of blowback that uh, McD got for this, uh, this flag situation? Uh, you know, I didn't get too much into it. I was actually out at the MBBQA conference and he was one of the speakers, uh, talking about media and marketing and talked quite a bit about the experience and what he learned from it. It's, it's tough. I mean, my background is in PR. I worked in PR for 20 years, continue to do so for some great food brands and, you know, when you have something like that that catches fire right away, it's tough to put it out. And it, no matter what you say, you're always going to piss somebody off. So, you know, I feel sorry for the guy. So having that background, the uh, the emergency containment, if you will, like what are yeah. your what are your plans of action if, if Mike had you under contract? Like what would what would your strategies have been to try and quell it as quickly as possible? Yeah, I mean, in any instance, you want to make sure that you've got the facts straight before you go out there and talk to anyone. If you don't, then you need to be up front and say, you know, we're still trying to get both sides of the story, figure out what the situation actually is before I'm able to comment on that. You know, otherwise you go out there with half-truths, you know, what you heard from one side or the other, and you only dig yourself deeper into the ground with that. And of course, uh, there's really no repercussion for the keyboard commandos that are getting it third hand or uh, pile on the posts on uh, various barbecue forums and and other such message boards. Uh, So it's got to be tough uh, to be in Michael's situation, be able to read that. And and, and I don't think I saw him react to anything, uh, which is probably especially hard to do, but probably the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, there's unfortunately, it's the age that we live in where people can hide behind their text and internet comments. You know, people are pretty tough when they're not face to face. And, you know, they'll say whatever they want out there. And, you know, to try to to go mano a mano with with those types of people usually isn't going to end up well. Clint Cantwell joining me here on the show. Uh, you can find him at Smokin' to Eye uh, blog as well as a number of other places. Uh, Clint, before we get into NBBQA and then the, the HPB Expo, uh, what's happening uh, over at Kingsford, uh, grilling.com, uh, things like that that you're mixed up with? Well, things are good. We actually shut down grilling.com last week, unfortunately, after about four and a half years. And we're refocusing our attention, my attention, the team's attention on kingsford.com. We're building up a uh, 
you know, a, a bigger database of information and resources over there for the everyday backyard griller to be able to tap into. So that's, that's a fun new project. And I'm also doing a lot of recipe development for different brands, Snake River Farms, Double R Ranch, uh, a few other ones, and then the PR stuff. I'm launching a new blog in about a month, grillocracy.com. And, you know, that's something that I haven't done for five years. So that's going to be a lot of fun, not having to answer to anyone, just being able to go out there, grill without my pants on and not have to answer to anyone. We call that Porky Pig Barbecue where I come from, pal. Yes, indeed, brother man. That's the way to do it. Clint Cantwell joining me. All right, Clint, so you spent some time, uh, maybe a day, at the uh, National Barbecue Association Convention or NBBQA or whatever. Uh, for the fo- and, and I have had a long-standing self-conference with me on, is this something that I want to go to? Is this something that I don't want to go to? And I talk to people, and they're like, eh, it wouldn't be anything for you. And other people are like, yeah, you should go to that. It's good for you. And so... I trust your opinion uh, and value your opinion on that. Uh, so I guess for me personally, is this something that I should attend, A, and then B, uh, maybe set the stage on what it is and kind of what your take was of the whole deal? Yeah, I mean, this was the first time that I've been. I've, you know, I've heard great things about it. It was in Nashville this year, which is only about a three-hour drive for me from Memphis. Plus, you had this other expo going on, so... You know, it was a perfect storm to head up to Nashville and check it out. Uh, you know, me personally, I don't know if it it was the best fit. Uh, you know, I don't have products. I don't have a restaurant. I don't cater, anything like that. And a lot of the conference was focused on on trying to build up brands. So, you know, for me personally, as a media person, it a lot of the stuff I already knew as far as social media, reaching traditional media, how to promote your brand, etc. cetera. Um, but it's also good to go and see some familiar faces and, and hang out, uh, you know, from a restaurant standpoint or somebody that has sauces and rubs, I think it's tremendous. They had some really great speakers, Dr. Greg Blondis, you know, Meathead's scientist did an amazing discussion he actually went on for about half an hour or 45 minutes longer than he was supposed to uh they had things on copyright and trademark the beef checkoff people did a discussion on different cuts of beef that you can be looking at now that beef prices are so high uh, one on on uh catering you know ways to step up your catering game like i said uh, social media stuff, all of that. So it was cool stuff. But more geared to somebody that either has product or is in the restaurant business on the whole. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I wasn't there for the keynote speech, but Myron Mixon essentially said, we can talk all day about how passionate we are about barbecue, how much we love it the community and all of that. But at the end of the day, you want to get paid. And that's what most of these seminars were about is how to get paid, how to get paid, how to, how to maximize profit. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, true or false? Barbecue legend Myron Mixon has fallen into barbecue Illuminati. True or false? Uh, I'll go with true. You're damn right. I agree. Um, all right, so you beat feet out of it. Oh, uh, let me ask you this question. Um, yeah. Best contact or best story from NBBQA? Uh, well, first, there was there was a guy that was like an anti-motivational speaker who I really liked. <laughs> and his basic thing was, let me make sure I get this right. If your life sucks, it's because you suck. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> It's because you suck. If your business sucks, it's because you suck. And that's true. I try not to suck. Not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, if you're into sucking. But, you know, that's that's the basic gist of what he was selling. So that was, Who that was, was that refreshing guy? to hear. Who was that guy? Maybe I want him on the uh, show. His name is Larry Winget. You have his contact info? He's written some books. Uh I don't know. I'm sure I can find is some. A, is this a barbecue guy? He's a anti-motivational speaker. He goes and speaks. That's his. That's that's really his getup. Is anti-motivational. Yeah, he's like wow. the opposite of motivational. Okay. He, he talks a lot about your fears and and you yeah. know if if you're only working because of passion, then then you suck. You know, <laughs> nobody is going to go to a surgeon if you had to choose between a passionate surgeon. Or the best surgeon, who are you going to pick? The best surgeon. Yes, correct. Because the passionate surgeon sucks. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So then you beat feet out of uh, NBBQA over to the HPB Expo, the home hearth patio. Uh, yeah. Is this like more your style or is it still, you know, geared more to Clint's fire and fireplace and grill shop type situation? Yeah. I mean, the, the expo is is primarily geared towards resellers. But, you know, I had Chris Grove of Nibble Me This with me, and we walked around, and there were a ton of, of barbecue products, manufacturers there on hand. So it was an opportunity for us to see what the latest and greatest is out there in the marketplace. Do a lot Plus of these... a lot of crap, too. Yeah, do a lot of the booths have a paid shills to be their uh, front man? Uh, you mean ladies in bikinis like the car shows? or? Well, I don't know. Like, um, I mean, you know, our industry, I guess, isn't known for the household names, but people that, you know, we would think are, are big shots in the industry, do they hire them in to hawk the grill bot or, you know, the latest no, and greatest uh, grill uh, brush? I see. Nothing like that? Myron wasn't there and uh, <laughs> Myron wasn't there. No. All right. Um, was Myron there? Was there any, you know, was there anybody that we would know that's there just like taking part? Is there like a Ray Lampy there because he's part of Big Green Egg or a Ted Reader or, you know, somebody like that? Yeah, I didn't see any of them. Uh, Carrie Bringle from Peg Leg Porker was there hanging out. We talked to him for a while. Uh, Ray was over there for a while, I believe, the day before. And, you know, maybe some other folks were there but it was a huge show and we probably made it through a quarter of it how long does that go on for is it like two three days or longer it's than like that? uh i think it was three days i got the brochure here yeah it's like three days they also had some some seminars that i could have gone to 
uh, I missed one on Friday called Why Does My Fireplace Smoke, which was two hours long on why my fireplace smokes. It's probably because there's wood in there burning, but, you know, that's that's my guess. I didn't sit in there for two hours. And, and not cleanly. There's not a very good draft. It's not combusting with the right amount of oxygen hitting flame, so you're smoldering. Yeah, there's probably reasons. Yeah, the flue isn't open. Uh-oh. You know. Any number of yeah, it just these. it didn't it didn't need to take up two hours of my time, so I skipped that one. Do you get in free because you're barbecue media? Uh, yeah, I tend to get into most places free because I'm barbecue media. Yeah, and so do you call ahead and say, "Hi, I'm Clint Cantwell," and then the lady's like, "Oh, of course, I'll put yes. you right on the list." Or do you have to like uh, sell yourself the, a little you're bit? You're the sweet blue guy. Oh, we know you. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, you put together that video. It's uh, continuing to get thousands and thousands, if not tens, of plays every day on uh, YouTube. On That's right. And I'm wondering, does it just come off the top of your head? Do you write it? You sit with your kids who are, you know, probably your creative partners on that type of a situation and pound out one, <laughs> pound out one liners uh, or, you know, how, how does that magic come? No, I just got a crazy mind. So I let the camera roll and see what happens. You know, again, that's, that's kind of why I'm excited about launching realocracy.com so I can do more of that out of the box type of stuff. You know, I did a a bacon hamburger bun last year, three pounds of bacon, and it ended up on all the food blogs. I was watching CNN one morning and I heard my name and it was on CNN. So <laughs> to be able to go and do crazy shit like that that you're not going to see on Grilling with Rich until he steals it is kind of fun. Oh, what? <laughs> Easy. Uh grillocracy.com uh yes that's correct all right uh, grill is that like an up and running website right now that i could link to in the show notes or not yet or no not yet it's it's there i'm waiting until the the spring there's a facebook fan page facebook.com slash grillocracy all right grillocracy news all right we'll check it out um clint do you have any insider information whatsoever to me, and at least I know one other person, Meathead, getting a un unsolicited uh, box of charcoal, Kingsford bag of charcoal, blue bag, no return address, showing up. No return up, address? No return address. It actually went to my old, the old Barbecue Central Radio Network studios, and uh, the, my uh, renter called and said, you got a box here, and I was very excited. Then I got home, I opened it, and it's a box of blue bag charcoal from Kingsford. And I was like, well, I mean, okay. I have no idea. You don't have any idea? No, I didn't get one. Uh-oh. Meathead, it's a mystery. I figured if anybody knew about Kingsford charcoal being delivered unsolicited, it had to be yeah, you. It's, uh, no. No, I got no clue. I got no. a truck that shows up with the pallets, but I've never gotten a box with a single bag all right yeah uh it was packaged very well you know didn't seem to break yeah. uh just you know a box of or just a bag of charcoal very odd um and take it for what it is you got a fan out there greg hey i'll take one if i got one it's one more than i had yesterday uh clint cantwell joining me here on the show um clint 
some rhetorical thoughts on the HPB Expo and and maybe like the top one or two things that you saw that you really want to get now. Yeah, I mean, there was one gas grill and I stay away from gas, but from these guys caliber, I think it's called there's a picture on my Facebook page, but it is the sleekest looking grill that I've ever seen. Uh, you know, very artistic, like a you know, one of those guys that designs fancy buildings would have created. It's probably four or six thousand dollars, but that thing was sweet. Was it was that four to six or forty six thousand dollars? Uh I think no, between four thousand and oh, six thousand. Okay. I forget what the guy said. I didn't have my checkbook, so Yeah. Was uh were my boys from Kalamazoo Grills there? Uh they were there. They oh, were Oh yeah. There were a couple hundred grill manufacturers there. A lot of real garbage, but some quality stuff. There. If you're in the industry, it's like one of those things where you got to go because everybody else is going to be there. Kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the there was, uh, Chris and I also saw something that was really cool. I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a spinning wheel and you could put kebabs in there and it would cook them. But I got the brochure and. It's called the Automatic Grill. Enjoy the delicacy of BBQ. Build up bridge of friendship. And there's there's all these happy people sitting around. Oh, you can see the grill there. Wow. Just want charcoal grill. Just want. Yeah, it's from uh, Ting Shan Enterprises. Mm. Sounds like it's built domestically. No, it doesn't. It's not going to fly here. It's probably bridge of friendship. Yeah, build a bridge of friendship. That's what we're doing oh, here on the show, by the way. That's right. Uh, Clint Cantwell joins me. You can find him uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, Smoking to Eye, Grillocracy, uh, soon to come, grillocracy.com. Uh, and as always, Clint, appreciate the time and the insight on the NBBQA, on the Internet, and on the hearth, patio, and whatever expo. And I'd like to say I appreciate you too, Greg. All right. Thank you, Clint. Appreciate it. I'll see you at a casino soon. We'll do, uh, losing, of course. Well, you winning, me losing. Clint Cantwell. Smoke in the eye. I'm missing. Greg did start a mini war by asking who is hotter. Oh. Whenever I hear me asking who is hotter I don't then think about two dudes but I see what you're saying folks let me talk to you about the barbecue guru before we get to Chad Ward of Whiskey Bent Barbecue creators of automatic pit temperature control technology they created don't buy from anybody else don't be fooled a lot of imitators out there at this point not familiar with how they work Uh, let me tell you it's a product that allows you to set a pit temperature and once you set it it keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of it today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperature. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And then the Barbecue Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. Currently, a couple of different models to choose from. I believe four right now. Two we talk about here on this show every week. The Party Q, which is your easiest point of entry, 
$49 for most cookers. Add 10 bucks for the ceramic styles because of the damper at the bottom. Got to have a different flange. But this thing goes from ceramic styles to the bullet styles to the kettle styles, everything in between. If you have a, a need to monitor a number of different internal temperatures and maybe control a couple different cookers at the same time, CyberQ Wi-Fi is the one you're going to want. Also, you can connect to it through the Wi-Fi and the device itself or hook it into a wireless network and control, monitor, and adjust your temperatures and meats and all that stuff right from a wireless device, a smartphone, netbook, laptop, stuff like that. All the way across the country if you have to. You can do it. If you're in the market for a cooker, Onyx Oven is what you want. Fully insulated, holds a lot of meat, accommodates the half and full pans for food service, works seamlessly with any barbecue guru temperature control device, of course. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions, call them, please, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Chad Ward, out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big-name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back to 16-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your two ways to get in touch with me tonight, should you see fit. Thanks again to Clint Cantwell for joining me last segment, recapping the NBBQA, the HPB Expo, some other internet stuff. My next guest, you find him right before this show from 7 to 9 on OutdoorCookingChannel.com. He is the pitmaster of Whiskey Bent Barbecue Team and the host of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit, a guy I like to talk some competition barbecue with from time to time. And we welcome back Chad Ward to the show. Chad, how are you, buddy? Chatters. Chad. Chad. No! He must have fell asleep. You know, I can't be Mr. Entertainment all the time. Right? Of course I could. All right, we'll try it again. Joining me now, the pitmaster of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit and host. Uh, uh, wait. Pitmaster of Whiskey Bend Barbecue Competition, cooking team host of Whiskey Bend Barbecue in the pit. Chad Ward joining me here on the show. Chad, how are you, buddy? Greg, how's it going, buddy? Oh, man, good. How are you, my friend? Doing real well. Good. Uh, Chad, I wanted to have you on tonight. I mean, you're IPC, which is, of course, Imperial Poe County. Uh, not just Poe County, but Imperial because you are the leaders of all counties in the great state of Florida. And there is a IPC cook, if I'm not mistaken, who is having himself quite a run of it. 
uh, four grand championships out of five events. Uh, almost, well, I mean, because I just said almost stringing uh, five in a row. Um, that's Matt Barber of Hot Wachulas. He is a former FBA Team of the Year. Uh, Jim Elser, of course, your uh, reigning FBA Team of the Year. But uh, as someone who has Matt on his show, you, uh, of course, I do as well uh, because he does a lot of winning. Uh, how are you finding what he's doing right now? And is there any way that you can compare how well he is cooking to any other sanctioning body out there right now? I, I would say right now with, uh, well, first off, I, I think, you know, for, for folks who may not have, have known Matt or known him really well, I mean, this is, you know, th- this is no flash in the pan. I mean, the, you know, the guys, you know, the 2013 team of the year FBA, he's been cooking pretty solid since, you know, probably end of 2011, 2012, all of 13. He cooked well last year. And then this year he just came out like gangbusters. And I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of, you know, just found that groove. And, and I would say right now with it being early on in the KCBS season, I mean, he's definitely the only guy to be number one in the FBA and, and number five in KCBS. Um, I, I would definitely say without a doubt he's, he's, the, he's the hottest cook uh, results-wise in 2015 right now. I, I would put him up there with, you know, the, the, the way, you know, if, if he takes how – 14 finish coming into 15, you know, I'd say it's as hot as Darren Worth, and maybe we'll get to see those two square off in Bainbridge this weekend. And that's the question, right, that uh, I'm going to get to inevitably is if you are a Darren Worth fan and an Iowa Smokey D's fan, you're going to say that he's on the hotter streak currently if you're looking at uh, rolling in the end of last year into this year. Others will make the argument that Matt Barber is. Um, You're a student of uh, the competition barbecue scene uh, Chad, do you think one has the edge over the other, or do they need to get together for kind of a, a head-to-head battle in order to, to kind of see where everybody's shaking out at the current time? Well, well I mean, I mean, Darren did come down to Plant City, uh, you know, in November uh, to the to the pig jam there, KCBS, and uh, Matt Matt won grand, um, and 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 that's probably coming off a, a, a you know pretty damn hot that Darren was, you know, coming off of. Uh, you know, the Jack, and then, you know, out at Ronnie's event, uh, the USA Barbecue Championship, and, you know, and, and then, you know, Plant City. So, I mean, they, they did go head-to-head here a couple of months ago. I think they're both just great cooks. And I, I think in what we do, it's hard to talk about head-to-head matchups, really, because, you know, we, we, we know certain table draws mean certain things. But I, I think they both, you know, I mean, Darren's obviously won a lot bigger titles, um, be, being, a you know, solely a KCBS guy and, kind of being there in the middle of the country and he has no problem traveling wherever he needs to go to take care of business. Um, but, but I'll tell you what, I mean, I think, you know, if Matt stays hot like this, he's going to have a 2015 to be talked about. I know it's uh, physically impossible at this stage, probably on two different scenarios, right? Uh, there's just not a lot of KCBS contests that are conducive to a lot of the Florida teams, Matt probably being one of them, uh, you probably being one of them as well, unless you're going to make the concerted effort to get two KCBS contests and let the FBA contest fall to the wayside. Um, you you have to be the way that it is set up, and maybe that's a, a question that I can ask. How is FBA Team of the Year set up? And it's one of those things where you have to continually cook FBA events in order to have that Team of the Year race be a viable situation for a team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the problem. Is it, it's not like Matt can go out there on the FBA circuit 
and you know max points it in September or November or September October and then um and 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 then you know go chase KCBS the last quarter. So yeah, I mean FBA the way team of the year works out is you know you have to go out and, and, and every contest counts. Um, so you're you're you know obviously you have to cook well, but your teams that cook more contests are are going to have better odds. Uh, you know, it's not like a, a KCBS, you know, type, uh, you know, t- type deal. So that's going to be tough. I-, I will tell you that that in talking to Matt tonight off the air, um, he wants to make a run of both. He, he wants to put together a, a Kevin Bevington type of year where Kevin won FBA and then I want to say finishing on top five in KCBS. Yeah, top five uh, years ago. I mean, Kevin had dominated Florida Barbecue Association five years in a row team of the year and then I believe uh, two of those years was uh, top five top ten but I think at that stage of the game it was different too that might have been a situation where KCBS was taking top five contests where they are now taking top ten so you know double the competitions that you have to do now in order to be considered for KCBS team of the year no I I think that's a very good point but I mean he you know, in talking to Matt tonight, I mean, he, he's he's settled on, you know, 40, 42 weekends this year, um, which, you know what, man, if a guy's willing to make that commitment and wants to go out and chase it that hard, you know, I, I'm going to be standing in this corner pulling for him because I think that's a hell of a commitment. How much time is left, or, or where are we in the Florida Barbecue Association season right now? We will wrap up uh, this season Labor Day. Right, so we got so, uh, end of August. Yeah, so, so late Labor Day is when they name team of the year. I think there's a contest the weekend before that. So yes, he he could. I, I take that back. He could. I forgot about the the not doing a calendar year anymore, Greg. Thanks for the reminder. Um, yeah, so he he could wrap up, you know, in, in you know early September with FBA team of the year, and then, and then just start really focusing on KCBS. Do you have in your expert opinion a percentage on the likelihood of being able and i think uh as good of a cook as as matt is and has been consistently i mean we're obviously talking this is seven months down the road from now so i mean who knows what's going to be happening at that point but let's assume that he's able to hold par he wins uh, florida barbecue association team of the year Uh, do you think that he'll be able to mount uh a run on the KCBS at that point that could get him into uh, not only a top 10, but a, but a top five. And do you see any scenario where he would be able to take title in both? Take title in both is tough. I mean, when you just look at the field of guys out there in KCBS that, 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 you know, will will get the cook 25 contest in KCBS to pull their top, you know, 25 to 30 contests to pull their top 10. Um, I, I think it'll be difficult for him to, to win both. Uh, I would say right now, if I was guessing, I'd say 85% chance he wins FBA team of the year. I mean, he's up by 70 points right now. Um, and, and I just don't see anything slowing him down. You know, the other thing to know about Matt is, you know, last year he finished his second team of the year and he had some real, you know, health struggles. You know, just wasn't feeling well, you know, was spending a lot of time with the doctor. You know, he's got those things sorted out now. You know, he, he's, he's feeling much better. So I think that's one thing he definitely has on his side. I would say 85% certainty he'll win the FBA team of the year. And if I had to go out on a limb, I, I, I feel that he's 60, 65% finishing in the top 10, 
you know, I think that drop when you talk about the top five, because those top five guys are going to run a lot of contests, you know, maybe 25% that he finishes in the top five, and I'd say he's my boy, man, and I'd be pulling for him to do it, but i got to give him about 5% chance of winning both. Yeah, that would be absolutely difficult. Chad Ward uh, talking to me here on the show. Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit is his show. You can find it 7 to 9 prior to the Barbecue Central show. And then, of course, you can uh, visit his uh, website. And, of course, Chad, you still got the uh, – well, now you got two new uh, re- – you got two uh, retail locations out there right now. No, we, we closed the initial oh. one. You know, the initial one was kind of a, a proof of concept. Yeah. Uh, you know, 1,200 square feet, uh, some capital, and, and see if we build it, will they come. And uh, they came, and they came in droves. And so, uh, yeah, we're happy to uh, be in a new location, uh, around 4,000 square feet. About uh, nice. 3,200 of that is retail space, and about 800 is an air-conditioned garage for our classes. Um, and we got our grand opening this Saturday, man. We're excited. We're uh, on a location where we got about 35,000 cars a day passing us, and uh, it's amazing. In the two weeks that we've been there, kind of with our soft open, the amount of folks that have came in that had heard of us just didn't know where we were at. Where are you specifically for the people that are out there that are listening, might be passing through? Uh, what's the address, and uh, if they want to stop by and get an autograph and a picture with you? <laughs> 3230 South Florida Avenue, Lakeland, Florida, uh, 33803. Uh, and we're right between Tampa and Orlando. Uh, that's usually when we get a lot of out-of-towners. Uh, we'll get uh, the guy that's coming down to, to Kissimmee to, to do the Mickey thing. And uh, the wife and kids decide to break off a day and do something, and he decides to, you know, take the take the thirty minute drive from Disney World over to to hang out and uh, you know and, and hit Man's Disneyland and talk a little bit of barbecue. Chad Ward is the pitmaster of Whiskey Bent Barbecue Competition Cooking Team and the host of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit. Uh, Chad, before I let you go, anything else you want to uh, to to hit up on the show tonight? No, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, you know, we, we've got some pretty exciting things coming up that, uh, you know, we're looking forward to having a pretty good schedule and, uh, hopefully have some things to announce here, you know, over the next couple of weeks on, on what we think is some pretty cool stuff. And, uh, just always appreciate the time, Greg. All right, Chad. Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Yes, sir. Take care. There he is. Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, weighing in on the current state of the Florida Barbecue Association competition side of things. And as he said, 85% confident right now that Matt Barber is going to uh, retake the Florida Barbecue Association Team of the Year title that he held the year before last. Again, Jim Elser, Sweet Smoke Q. Again, having a very good year. I think uh, in the end it will be coming down to Matt and Jim and them duking it out to see who ultimately will end up being Florida Barbecue Association Team of the Year. But if you look at a a Labor Day end to the FBA Team of the Year race, and at that point, if Matt retakes the title, you really do have a, I don't know if considerable amount of time left, and the KCBS calendar is accurate. But you do have a number of months where there are very large contests that you can jump in, and that's what you're going to want to do, right? You want to get into the competitions that have you know, 50-plus teams. You're going to be able to get max points, and you're going to want to be able to do more than team. You don't want to want you want to win 10 and uh, put yourself in position to have your best 10 beat everybody else's. 
And I think if you can, if you could finish a year being a team of the year in any sanctioning body and then participating enough in a secondary one for this in, instance would be FBA being main, KCBS being secondary for Matt. But, you know, if you were, uh, for instance, Darren Worth, who would win a KCBS team of the year or a Donnie Bray winning KCBS team of the year and then uh, siphoning off uh, for the last part and, and trying to make a run at teams, uh, team of the year in Florida Barbecue Association to finish top five and whatever the secondary sanctioning body is, maybe IBCA or, you know, what have you. That is a huge feat if you think about what is required in each individual sanctioning body to then go into something completely different, whether it's foreign to you or not as far as being able to compete in it, not necessarily relevant, but to finish on top of one and then fifth or top ten or better, that is a phenomenal accomplishment. I'll be looking forward to following that throughout the course of the year. I am looking forward to finishing the show tonight and by telling you about Dave Bosco over at Butcher Barbecue. That's right, folks. Dave Bosco. We're going to have him on next week. He's got a new product coming out. I thought Dave was the one that sent me the uh, charcoal today. He's like, hey, did you get the package I sent? I was like, yeah, the bag of Kingsford charcoal. He's like, no, not that. Not that at all. No. I don't know. If you want to step up the barbecue and grilling game, take the easy way out. And by that, I mean visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Look, we all know Butcher's is well-known for the injections, the pork, the beef, the prime injection, the bird booster, the open pit flavor for pork, all that good stuff available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. That is ButcherBBQ.com. Perhaps you're looking for a go-to rubber sauce. Friends, you've really hit the mother load here. Butcher's Barbecue, a full line of award-winning rubs. One of my personal favorites is that honey rub. I love the steak rub. Uh, I like the premium rub, too, because I inject with Butcher's. It's formulated to work with the injection. Perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. Last but not least, Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce. As we talked about with Meathead in the first hour, I'm as picky as it gets when it comes to sauce. I'm going to tell you if I like it. I'm going to tell you if I don't. Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Sauce wins in every category for me. I'm not saying that because Dave is a sponsor of the show. Long before he was a sponsor of the show, he sent me a bottle of the sweet barbecue sauce, and I taste tested it on the show. And it was so good, I kept the bottle right there with me. It was when Meathead was actually doing a segment with me, and while he was talking, I was taking slugs out of the bottle like it was ice-cold beer. It was phenomenal. I've been in love with it ever since. No liquid smoke, which I appreciate, of course. No worries about breaking the bank when you get stuff shipped from Butcher's Barbecue. Items totaling up to 55 bucks ship at $8.55. I'm sorry, $8.50. Between $55 and $200, ship at $9.75. Anything over 200 bucks ships for free. So head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and stock up now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back to wrap the show in just a few seconds. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, all right, here we go. Let's wrap it up. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are your bits of contact information. But don't call me now because we're going to wrap the show. Thanks again to Chad Ward for joining me this past segment. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead Goldwyn. The do's and don'ts of barbecue stuff on the Internet. Don't steal stuff. Rules to live by. Don't steal stuff. Give credit where credit is due. Don't be a shill for crying out loud. Don't be a thief. Then we talked with Clint Cantwell, smoking to eye. Guy who works with Kingsford. He recapped the home hearth and the HPB Expo, the NBBQA. And then, of course, we ended the show, as I just mentioned, with Chad Ward of Whiskey Bent Barbecue, Pitmaster, and the host of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit, which can be found... From 7 to 9 on Outdoor Cooking Channel right before this show, talking about how well Matt Barber is cooking, his outlook for the rest of the FBA season, and where he might fit in to the overall KCBS team of the race when it's all said and done as well. If you missed the show, go back and get the archives, the podcast, get it on iTunes, on YouTube, on the main website, the BBQ Central Show, all that good stuff. You have raw cast iron. Season it each and every time after you're done cooking on it. Hit it with the grill brush while it's hot as it starts to cool down. Spray a little pan, maybe rub a little Crisco on it, let it burn back in. Reseason it each and every time. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>